Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, we started a series last week called Fragile, and we're talking about relationships. Because we know the holiday season can sometimes be a little tense. Uh, sometimes family members make decisions we don't agree with. Sometimes we make decisions they don't agree with. And you bring all those people together and it can be a little dramatic sometimes. Um, I know that we, uh, we come to the holiday season and, and we talk about things we're thankful for. And sometimes family should be that. And sometimes family is, is difficult. So... We decided to, to do this series for a couple weeks and just talking about how to navigate relationships. Last week we talked about how to deal with and love people who want to control us. Uh, we talked about how to love them and, and how to handle that. If you didn't get to see that, you can watch that online. Um, today we're going to talk about forgiveness. And if you're a guest with us, I apologize. This is going to be kind of a rough message for some of us. Uh, we don't always do ones this hard. <laughs> this week might be for some of us. Uh, because forgiveness is a big deal. How many of you ever had someone in your family you had to forgive something big? Anybody? Yeah. How many of you have had to have someone forgive you for something big that you did in your family? Yeah, most of us, right? And like we said last week, family are people and, and close friends are people we love more than anyone in the world, but they can also hurt us faster and more deeply than anyone else in the world because of that love. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 18... Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. If you have the Version Bible app, uh, you can turn there in the events tab, and it'll have all the verses and all the notes there. We did have a cool thing this weekend at, while you're turning there. We had our firefighter banquet, and it was pretty cool. We had four people in our church that are volunteer firefighters. And uh, it was pretty cool seeing that because we're one of the biggest represented churches on the fire department. So we appreciate these guys, Al and Pastor Kenny and Vince. So it was pretty cool. And it used to be when we had the big banquet, you know, a lot of people can't respond to calls that night because of decisions they make. And it used to be pretty much me and Al. <laughs> we're like, we're on call all night. Now there's four of us. So it was, and there's a few others who don't drink, but it was. It's good to have these guys, and they represent you well, and they represent Jesus well. So, Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Peter came to him, who is Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Because back then it was taught if you forgive someone seven times on the eighth time, you just cut them off. You're done. Wouldn't that be easy? Right. Oh, that's eight. You're out. You know, but Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. That's a lot. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so the master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his kids, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a full servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. 
His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't do it. He wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who had been forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That is how my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. That's rough, isn't it? And how many of us have had something forgiven? Both hands, both feet, right? We have been forgiven a huge debt. All of us in this room, all of us watching online are that first servant. We had a huge debt of what? Sin that was forgiven. Every one of us, from the the saintliest Saint in this room to the newest Christian who just found Jesus, every one of us had sin and every one of us had an enormous debt that we owed that we couldn't pay because we broke God's law. But instead of Jesus who died for our sins and forgave us, and now we're expected to turn around and offer that same forgiveness to others. Is that easy? Oh my goodness, no. Is it expected? Absolutely. So, Lord, I pray this morning you would speak to us through your word and help us to apply this to our hearts and to our lives and to walk this out because you said the world would know that we're your disciples because we love one another. And part of that love is forgiveness. Help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So how do we define forgiveness? What does it mean to be forgiven? Well, to forgive is to cancel a debt. Someone owes me something and I forgive that debt. I let that go. I cancel that. That is forgiveness. The dictionary says to give up resentment of or claim to requital, which is compensation. To forgive is to let something go when they owe you something. Releasing people from feelings of anger or resentment or hurt. And really, to really be real about this, to forgive is to release someone. But in the process, we release ourselves. When I forgive that person, I'm letting go that debt that they owed me. I'm letting go that resentment. But in the process, I'm letting something go in me. Because when I hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness and anger, I'm really imprisoning myself. I'm keeping myself in chains of resentment. And guys, this is not easy. So what are some barriers to forgiveness? Well, it's not natural. What is our natural inclination? I want what? Revenge. I want to make them pay. I want them to suffer like they've made me suffer. And, you know, we often say, well, well, I'm going to do to them what they did to me, but that doesn't really work, does it? And, you know, in the Old Testament, they said that, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? But when Jesus came along, he said, I want you to what? Pray for those who persecute you. I want you to offer forgiveness. If they take one thing, give them something else. If they make you walk one mile, go two. It's tough. It's not natural. Proverbs 18, 19, Solomon said this, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like gates locked with bars. 
Huh. You ever experienced that? You ever got sideways with somebody before? Yeah. It's hard to win back, isn't it? It's hard to do. Bless you. It's hard to, to forgive someone. And it's hard to, to make that right. I'll tell you what. Apologizing was the hardest things you can do, isn't it? I'm sorry that I did that to you. Will you help me back? But it's one of the most powerful things we can do. So it's not natural and it's not easy. It's difficult to forgive someone. You know, we, we often say, I just want justice. I want fairness. Well, really we don't. We want fairness for us, but not for them. We want justice unless it comes to us. Because really, if justice was served, none of us would be forgiven, would we? If Jesus was really just, every one of us would be headed for hell. But he stepped in and forgave us, so he expects us, as he said here in Matthew, to do the same to everyone else. I came across a poem. It's a German guy named Heinrich Heine. No jokes. And he said this, Mine is a most peaceable disposition. My wishes are a humble cottage with a thatched roof, a good bed, good food, the freshest milk and butter, flowers in front of my window, and a few fine trees outside my door. And if God really wants to make my happiness complete, he'll grant me the joy of seeing some six or seven of my enemies hanging from those trees. Before death, I shall move to my heart, forgive them for all the wrong they did to me in their lifetime. But one must, as true, forgive one's enemies, but not before they've been hanged. German, right? But that's tough. But you know what, guys? We would never say that out loud, but sometimes we kind of wish that, don't we? Not necessarily that they were hanging from a tree, but, you know, I wish the gnats of a thousand camels would infest their armpits, or I wish, you know, whatever those things happen. And some of us would honestly, if it was left to us, we would hold a grudge for years. We would hold grudges. And, and you know, at some point, we forget the the grudge is even about. We just know we're mad at that person. We know that we don't like them. We were involved in a church one time where there were two families that fought for generations. Guys, I can't, you know, it was like the Hatfields and McCoys, those old things from the Ozarks. It was like that. These two families didn't like each other, and we would go to them and say, why don't you like that? Oh, I don't know. My family just hates them. You're like third generation Christians. Why? I don't know. Can you settle it? No. You know, I'm going to hate them till I die. And it was crazy. So we have to learn to forgive. And it's not natural, it's not easy, but it's commanded. It's expected of Christians. So how do we recognize and share forgiveness? Well, the first thing, if we really want to forgive someone, we need to remember the debt that we owed. This first servant that Jesus talked about, he owed millions of dollars. Millions. We don't know how he did this, but one scholar went through and, and accumulated, you know, the money that this guy owed and what the typical wages were, they said it would take 160,000 years to pay off that debt that he owed. 160,000 years, and the master forgave it all. It's a pretty big debt. And you know, guys, sometimes as Christians, when we've been Christians for a while, we kind of forget where we came from, don't we? We forget that we were sinners at one point. It's easy to look down on others and say, well, I was never that bad. I was never, you know, I was never like that. But we were. We have to remember the debt that we owed. We have to remember the debt that we were forgiven. And then to turn around and give that to others. So we need to, to remember the debt that we owed. And then we need to recognize the grace that we've received. This man went in and was given incredible, incredible grace. 
160,000 years of debt was wiped clean with one word. And again, all of us owed debt, owed sin that would have taken us eternity. And Jesus wiped it out with his death on the cross. But then we're expected to turn around and give that to others. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. It doesn't mean you have to be used. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But we need to remember that we were offered grace, and so we're expected to turn that around. And, you know, this is, a, this is a pretty extreme story that Jesus shared. But listen to what he says in Matthew 5, 43. You've heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Psalm 103 10 through 13 says, he doesn't punish us for all our sins. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the heights of the heaven above the earth. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So guys, we were all forgiven a huge debt. We were all let go and given grace. And we're expected to turn around and love those who hurt us. So we have this obligation, we have to realize this obligation that we have to forgive others. Jesus expects us who have been forgiven to forgive. He expects us who have been shown grace to show grace to others. And again, this is not easy. This is not natural. And guys, I understand some of you have been hurt so deeply by people that you trust. Some of you have been hurt so deeply by people that you cared about. And it's hard to rebuild that trust, isn't it? Now, does it mean that if I forgive someone, I forget everything they've done? No. Does it mean if I forgive that person, I allow them to come hurt me again? No. As we talked about last week, sometimes you have to set boundaries. Hey, I forgive you. I love you. But we're going to put some, some ground rules in place here. I'm not going to allow that to happen again. I'm not going to do that Again, we had a guy one time that uh, drove one of our church vans. We, we were youth pastors. We had vans like we do here that, on Wednesdays. And our, our church was kind of on the outskirts of town. And I'm standing out there talking to a teenager, and I see our church van go screaming by. I'm talking like probably 20, 30 miles an hour above the speed limit. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And <laughs> we get there, and we open the doors, and the kids' eyes are all about this big. And they get out, and I was like, how was that ride? And he said, <laughs> and so we went and said, hey, um, can, can we see your driver's license? And, you know, we pulled his driving record and multiple moving violations. And we said, you know, we love you, but I think you need to be in a different ministry position. Like, you know, let, let's put you somewhere else. And we forgave him. We love him. But did we ever let him drive a church van again? No way. <laughs> like, not even to move it across the parking lot. We said, and then we started a new policy. Everyone who came in, you know, we checked their driving record. But, you know, we love, we forgave, but we set some ground rules, right? And some of you have had people in your lives who have hurt you, and you have to say, you know what, I love you, but I'm going to put some ground rules in place here. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. I, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. But we're going to put some ground rules in place. So we have this obligation to forgive others. And so... The rabbis had taught at that time that to forgive someone more than three times was unnecessary. And they got that from the book of Amos where God told this one nation they had messed up three times and after that they were to be destroyed. Uh, he punished them on the fourth. And Peter was saying, you know, well, Lord, should I, I forgive seven? You know, that's twice the number the rabbis teach. And Jesus said, no, you need to forgive 
70 times 7, which is like exponentially huge. In other words, Jesus was saying, forgive when? Every time. Forgive every single time. You have to forgive them because God forgives you. We have to forgive because God forgives us. And we need to understand that harboring unforgiveness will keep us from growing. It's easy to hold on to a grudge, but if I hold on to that anger and that resentment, it's going to keep me from growing in my relationship with Jesus. It's going to keep me from moving where God wants me to be. And we've all met those people, right? We've all met those ones who are angry at the world. We've met those who are constantly the victim. And they can never move past it. Why? Because they're holding on to unforgiveness. So if I hold on to that grudge, it's going to keep me from growing. It could possibly keep me from moving into what God wants me to do in my life. It could keep me from relationships that are going to be good and healthy because I keep everyone at an arm's length. And guys, all of us who had, who've had bad childhoods, all of us who've had, been hurt and betrayed by people, we all kind of keep people at an arm's distance, don't we? But we have to learn to let that go and allow people back into that zone. Otherwise, we're going to isolate ourselves our entire lives. And again, this doesn't mean you, you allow the same person to come in and do the same thing again, but you still need relationships. You still need those people. So what are the dangers of unforgiveness? Well, this servant received mercy, but he neglected to show it. And again, that's one of the things. When we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, we often don't forgive others. And usually it's not just the one person who hurt us. Most of us could probably say we've worked with people, we've gone to school with people, we've served on teams with people who have been hurt, and they hold a grudge, and what do they do? They don't show mercy to anyone. (laughs) They're quick to drop the axe on every single person, and it hurts their relationships. And we don't want to be that person. We don't want to allow that bitterness and that anger to well up inside us and hurt our future relationships. So he neglected to show that mercy, and God judged him for it. And the servant was judged for his unmerciful actions. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus even goes so far as to say, in, by Matthew 5, 23, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come offer your sacrifices to God. Again, in Matthew 6, 14, he says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's hard. And again, what Jesus is saying, you are expected to extend that same grace that you've been given to others. And this goes from something little like, oh, you banged my door with your car. You know, we don't go rip their door off the hinges and throw it in the ditch, Right? I hope not. We forgive. Yeah, you know, give me a few dollars, we'll get some touch-up paint or whatever. And it goes all the way up to someone who betrays your trust. You still have to forgive them. Because if not, you're going to be in bondage to bitterness your entire life. So we're, we're expected to offer that. And one more time, a clarification. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean forgetfulness. Please understand that. I'm not saying that you have to go every single time and allow that same person back in your life to hurt you. Sometimes, as we talked about last week, the best thing we can do for someone is offer tough love. I forgive you, 
I'm not going to hold that against you where you betrayed me, but I'm not going to allow you to do that again. I forgive what you did to my kids, but we're not going to allow that to happen again. You're not going to be alone with them. I forgive what you did here, but you're not going to be in that inner circle anymore. I still love you. I still forgive you. You know, Amy and I have had people in our lives who have hurt us, and, and anyone doing ministry is going to. And we've forgiven. We said, hey, I wish you well. I forgive you, but we're not going to do that again. And really, to get to that point where, well, how do I know if I've forgiven them? If you can really pray for them in a good way. <laughs> David prayed some prayers, you know, Lord, let their babies be dashed on the rocks and all these things. You know, we don't pray that. We say, Lord, would you bless them? Would you wish them well? Would you do good for them? Then you know you've really forgiven them. But you have to be able to move to that spot. And again, it doesn't mean you allow them back in. and You don't allow them to come back and hurt you again. Sometimes we have to keep a distance and we keep praying for them. We can still have a relationship with them. It's just not going to be the same. Maybe someday it will be. This is why Jesus said, you know, the only time he allowed a man to divorce his wife or a woman to divorce her husband was for what? Unfaithfulness. Because he realizes how damaging that is. So, again, we forgive. We don't necessarily have to forget. Someone asked the worship team to come up this morning. And, and guys, I don't know where you are today. Maybe God is speaking to you about a specific person that you need to forgive. Maybe there's something you've been holding on to. And guys, it might even be someone who's not with us anymore. But you need to forgive. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I need to go ask forgiveness of someone else. God has brought something to mind and I need to ask their forgiveness. And you know, sometimes... You say, you know, how am I supposed to talk to them? Because every time I talk to them, it turns into an argument and a fight. Sometimes you might just need to write a letter. I know at one point in my life, I had a family member that had, had done some things and uh, I actually was talking to a counselor and he said, you have an issue with this person. I said, what? No. And I went and talked to Amy. We were dating at the time. She said, yeah, everybody knows it but you. <laughs> and so I said, well, what do I do? And they said, just write a letter. So I wrote a letter, very long, long, detailed letter. Sent it to that person a couple weeks later because, you know, we used to send things through the mail. Came back and they said, I honestly had no idea that you felt that way. It had been years I'd been carrying this around. It had affected all kinds of relationships in my life. And they said, I apologize. And now I have a great relationship with that person. But it took years for me to realize it. And it took years for us to work it out. But maybe today God is telling you to take that first step. Maybe you need to write a letter to someone. Maybe you need to go talk to someone in person. Maybe you need to go to that person and ask forgiveness for something you've done. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, if you're physically able. Lord, we thank you this morning that you gave each and every one of us in this room, each and every one of us watching online, so much grace. You gave us grace that we didn't deserve. You gave us grace that we can never earn, never deserve. And Lord, this morning I know talking about forgiveness is tough. It's hard. It's not natural. It's not fair. But Lord, you expect us to give that same grace that we've received to others. And so Lord, I pray you this morning you would help us. Lord, would you work in every heart in this room today, every heart watching online. And I know there's some of us you've been poking during this message. You've been saying, I, you need to go ask forgiveness of this person. You need to forgive this person. 
And I know that takes supernatural grace, but Lord, thankfully, that's exactly what you give. So I just pray this morning that there would be relationships that are healed starting today. Maybe there are marriages that are healed. Maybe there are sibling relationships that are healed. Maybe there are father, son, mother, daughter that are healed. But Lord, I just pray that you would help us to extend that grace that you've given us to others. And then that we would in turn walk in freedom. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and say, you know, Pastor Rex, I just need, I need to forgive someone. There's someone who's hurt me and I need to start that process. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? We're just going to pray with you right where you are. Yeah. Is there anyone here today who says, you know, I need to start the process of asking for forgiveness for something. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? We're just going to pray right now. Yeah. Father, I pray for those that raise their hands. Lord, I pray that healing would begin today. I pray that this holiday season would be totally different because of the forgiveness that we extend and the forgiveness that we receive. Lord, would you help us today to extend that grace? In Jesus' name, amen.